Faith Matters Podcast. I'm your host, John Morgan. I'm the host for Multi-Faith Matters, John Moorhead, and today my guest from the Holy Land Trust, and I'm hoping I'm going to do justice to pronouncing his name. If not, he can correct me. Is Elias Dice? How did I do, Elias? Yeah, Dice. Dice. Okay, I'll get it. I'll, I'll after the recording. I'll keep saying it, and I'll have it perfect when it, it doesn't matter as much anymore. But I'm uh, grateful that uh, you responded to my inquiry to uh, come on the program. Unfortunately, we are talking at a time uh, when where you are living. Um, uh, is in the midst of uh, a great struggle uh, between uh, Israel and Hamas and the Palestinian people are stuck in the middle. And you being there and with your experience with the Holy Land Trust, uh, you can shed some light for us and give us a perspective that many American Christians uh, may not hear or see too much. So we're so thankful for you being here. Um, my My first question, can you share with us what life is like as a Palestinian Christian in the West Bank? Okay, you know, first, thank you, John, for giving me this platform to share. Uh, and thank and welcome you uh, from Bethlehem in the Holy Land. Um, so I'm just, you know, calling from a place where it's called the Shepherd's Field. And the Shepherd's Field is a place where the shepherds got the first news, the, the good news, the first people who got the first news. Uh, so I always say, you know, I am an Arab-Palestinian Christian, which is sometimes, you know, confusing and, you know, creating a lot of questions uh, in, in the American Christians. You know, how come you're an Arab and Palestinian and Christian? Uh, and I say, I am an Arab by culture because my ethnicity is an Arabic. I belong to the, I, I am one of the Middle Eastern uh, people that I relate to the Middle East, my Arabic uh, culture, my language is in Arabic. So my culture is an Arabic. I identify my cultural identity as an Arab. My Palestinian identity as a nation, you know, I was born in Palestine. I hold the Palestinian identity and then I am a Christian by faith. And uh, it's something important to to share that the Christians of this land, they are not, they they never been converted by one of the missionaries that they came from Europe or the U.S. Uh, 200 or 300 years ago. We belong as an indigenous community of this land that we identify ourselves, that we are rooted in this land and belong to the first Christians. And we have converted from Judaism to Christianity 2000 years ago. And uh, we belong to the first Christians. And when people say, like, how come you're an Arab and Palestinian? We actually part of this land. We are actually rooted in this land. And we are the first Christian that converted the whole world. Uh, because of the Christians in this land, we have Christianity, actually. Because, you know, we are the witness of, of Jesus here. So life for Palestinian here, we identify ourselves as part of this land. We are not 
a group of people that been converted or imported from place to to live in this land. We are rooted here. We have the same culture of any other, you know, as I said, we are belong to the Arab culture here, like to the Middle East. We speak Arabic. We have, you know, a great culture that back to the roots of this, I mean, back, you know, to the Canaanite period that everyone shared. Uh, so uh, living here was really, uh, uh, you know, it, it is a challenge for a Palestinian Christian to live in this land, especially under what is called the Israeli military occupation. Uh, I grew up as a Palestinian Christian in Bethlehem, living what uh, under what is called the Israeli military occupation. I have experienced so many kinds of violence, uh, discrimination from the Israeli military. Uh, and there was a question as a Palestinian Christian and a child going to the church every Sunday and opening the Bible and reading from the Bible and, you know, saying that God bless those who bless Israel. And for me, it was, you know, a big question, like how come, you know, we are praying for those who are oppressing us, like those who are actually occupying us. And for me as a child, I never understood what is the relationship between the Israeli soldiers, the Israeli Jewish soldiers who are in the street and, you know, occupying us and Israel in the Bible. So there was a misunderstanding of the relationship between Israel and the Bible and Israel today. And that was actually created a lot of challenge for me as a Palestinian Christian to understand the conflict and to take a position where we need to stand against the injustice. We need to follow the teaching of Jesus as he was, you know, standing as a human and raising his voice against the injustice and leading people for, you know, uh, for the goodwill uh, and for, you know, teaching and preaching. And this is actually where I see our role as a Palestinian Christian. We are trying to raise our voice and to be the the the, the, the you mean the key community in uh, calling for justice and calling for peace and 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 promoting nonviolence and our teaching uh, our christian teaching um so i can speak forever about all the challenges <laughs> that we have but this is actually where we are, this is actually what is important for the American Christian to understand what does it mean to be a Palestinian Christian in this land here. Yeah, can you say a little bit more about uh, what it's like to live under the occupation? Even the use of that phrase for many in my audience of American evangelical Christians will likely cause them difficulty. Um, with their conceptions of Israel on the situation that you live in. Can you talk about what, what is daily life like? What kinds of experiences have you had at, at, during that process? So as a Palestinian living in the West Bank, in Bethlehem, holding the Palestinian identity, uh, one of our main challenges is actually the freedom of movement. Uh, we are not allowed to leave the city of Bethlehem to the city of Jerusalem. Uh, because these are the main two Christian places where we are very much connected to these holy sites. 
not only to Jerusalem, but also to Sea of Galilee, where I feel as a Christian, I'm very much connected and I have to get my right as a Christian to drive my car or go every Sunday to the church and pray. And this is one of the basic rights that is not allowed for Palestinian Christian to do it because we need to get an Israeli military permit to leave the city through checkpoints to be checked and then go to uh, to Jerusalem. As I, as, you know, as I remember when I was a child, we used to go to Jerusalem every Sunday with my parents by bus, taking the bus from Bethlehem to Jerusalem without checkpoint. But after what happened, you know, the, the creation of the separation between cities and villages in, in, in the West Bank and the Israeli military control and building the checkpoints and, and the wall, we are not allowed to do that anymore. Even uh, we don't get, you know, we don't have a permanent permit to leave the city. We need to have, we get the permit only twice a year uh, through the church. Like the church, they apply for permit to go to Jerusalem or only in the Christmas and the Easter holiday. Uh, and not everyone get it. So this is actually one of the basic, you know, things that they can talk about is actually the freedom of worship, where I'm not allowed to practice my worship, my my religion, my you know, the freedom of religion in my own city or in my country. Uh, as an American, you have more right to come to the Holy Land in a tour and go and have an access to all the holy sites in Jerusalem, Sea of Galilee, Nazareth more than me as a Palestinian Christian living in the West Bank. And I know I, I you know, I, I work in tourism as well, and I know I organize tours for Christians. And I always say you are lucky that you have the time, you have the access to go to these sites that I'm not allowed to be in these sites. Even I'm living like 10 or 20 minutes drive from these sites. So uh, uh, the second, you know, thing is actually as a Palestinian Christian living in the West Bank, I'm not allowed, like, I've been to the U.S. 13 times, and I'm planning to come again for a speaking tour. I don't have the same right as an Israeli to to travel from Tel Aviv airport. I have to go through Jordan, Amman, like, I have to cross the border, the land border between Israel and Jordan, and I have to fly out of Amman, because I'm not allowed as a, as a Palestinian to, to leave from Tel Aviv. Uh, access to water, access, access to electricity, all these kind of challenges that as a Palestinian living in the West Bank, we don't have an equal right with uh, with an Israeli. There is a lot of daily challenges, you know, building settlements. You know, in Bethlehem, we are living, I call Bethlehem as an open-air prison, which is surrounded by a lot of, you know, Israeli Jewish settlement that was built uh, and we are not allowed to expand. And one of the uh, hilltops or like mountains uh, nearby my house, it's called, you know, uh, Abu Hunaym Mountain. It was, it used to be the last uh, open air. I mean, it's uh, the last green area, like it's a small forest where we used to go there every weekend for a picnic, family picnic, hiking. And uh, now, 
the Israeli military confiscated this mountain and annexed it to the Jerusalem border, and they built a settlement called Har Huma, where we lost part of our land as a Christians. And this land, you know, belonged to many Christian families. So these are just very small, you know, stories uh, out of part of our life, our daily life here in, in the West Bank. I wonder if you could speak to, unfortunately, as you know, this has become a very polarizing topic, and it's an either-or. Either you stand with Israel, or you advocate for uh, Palestinian freedoms, and the the assumption many times is, well, you're advocating for Hamas. Uh, I hear you advocating a position of justice for everybody. Uh, you you don't uh, support the attacks of, of in October against Israel, but you also take exception to the occupation and the oppression of the Palestinian people. Is that correct? Can you speak a little bit more to that as a Christian? Yeah, so as a Christian, we always, you know, condemn all kind of violence or act of violence. It doesn't matter who do it, you know. Uh, we always try to promote for nonviolence and uh, peaceful solution for everyone. Because everyone has the right to live in this land, doesn't matter what is your background. This land called, you know, the Holy Land, and it was given by God to Abraham and his his children. And we are all the children of Abraham, doesn't matter if you are Muslim, Christian, or Jew. And we have several communities are living in this land, like Samaritans. We have the, the Druze community, we have the Baha'i, we have you know, so many groups are living in this land and they feel connected to this land for religious or cultural reasons. And, uh, you know, as a, as, as a Christian here, we are trying to promote the, the vision that this land is for everyone and we should have an equal right. Uh, we'd have, you know, we should have a peace and, and justice for everyone. We are against the like the exclusivity of this uh, land. It's nothing exclusive for one group and not the other. Uh, we cannot deny, like you know, that everyone has the full. As a Christian, as I said, we have the full right to go and worship freely, like worshiping freely without fear, uh, and accepting and respecting the others' differences is most important in this land. I cannot, you know, uh, deny or reject someone to come to this land and say, I want to pray or I want to, to you know, uh, feel connected with this land because we know this land is important for our religion. And what happened, you know, recently is, 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 a, is an outcome of a continuation of the injustice that is happening in this land. It doesn't. It didn't start in October seven. If you look at the roots of the violence, that you have, we have to understand the roots of this violence and of this conflict, and what is the main cause of violence. If you are denying someone uh, from his basic right, there will be always, you know, uh, fear. There will be you no know, anger, and anger is the motivator of violence. So we need to fulfill the needs of the local community equally. You know, we should provide an equal rights for all people in this land without discrimination so we can prevent any kind of violence in the future. 
because if you are taking somebody's rights and you are saying that this is only for me or for myself and not giving the right for the others, this will create a lot of traumas. And these trauma you know, will be based on fear, hate, anger, and the outcome will be violence. And that's, people need to understand that there is a problem we need to solve before taking a stand to support one, one side and not the others. I'm not here to convince Americans to, you know, to take a position to support Palestinian or not to support Palestinian or that, but we here need to understand the roots of all what's happening there. And, uh, you know, to prevent that, we need to have a, we need to create an equal right uh, for everyone in this land. You mentioned one element there that I would like to pick up on. You mentioned trauma. As I look at the literature on peacemaking and the different elements that often stand in the way and make that a challenge, trauma is frequently mentioned. And as I look at both Israelis and Palestinians, I see both communities having a history of trauma. With the Israelis, it goes back to the Holocaust, and mm -hmm. that has shaped a traumatic identity of fear and anger and defensiveness. And on the Palestinian side, their experience of being of losing uh, a place to live, that, that has been traumatic and shaped their identity. Do you think both communities have failed to to really understand the, the traumatic experiences they have inflicted on each other. And that kind of helps perpetuate this cycle of violence that we see. Yeah, that's a very important part of our conflict is actually the trauma. And this is why as, as an organization, Holy Land Trust, we focus a lot on uh, finding the roots of this trauma. Uh, you know, like highlighting what happened to the Jews in the Holocaust and these horrible uh, historical event that happened in Europe that created a lot of like trauma, fear, uh, you know, uh, and they feel that they want to have a safe place to live and they have the full right to have a safe place to live in with security. In the same time, if you look at the Palestinian, we say like what happened in 1948 and the Nakba created this also trauma fear, anger, and hate toward the Jew for what they have done in the way that Israel was created. And we need to understand these roots of, of trauma and to fulfill the needs of, 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 uh, of these people, as I said before, because both sides are traumatized. Both, both sides, they have needs. Uh, the Jewish people, they have a need. Uh, but to fulfill the need, this need, actually, it's it's not the way that Israel is doing it now with with you know military power, with political power, with with occupation. They need also to acknowledge that the Palestinians been here before 1948, uh, and they've been kicked out of their homes. And uh, we need to fulfill. We need to provide them with their needs uh, to live in this land. Like if. Uh, so, you mean, if we are talking about a political solution, we need to look at the roots of this trauma that, as, as you mentioned, uh, the roots of this violence, and how can we fulfill the needs of both sides in a way that we can create a peaceful solution based on, uh, on, on, uh, on, I mean, equal rights again. Uh, but 
keeping the I mean uh, the occupation is 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 motivating the fear, motivating the violence. I mean, uh, uh, you know, like the, the Israeli government now is is actually feeding the fear by keeping the Israeli military occupation in the West Bank and telling the Israeli that we are fighting the terrorists who are behind these walls. And there is a threat uh, coming uh, from the other side. And we as a Palestinian, we are traumatized from the historical event that happened in 1948, that the Jewish people, they want to take all the land and they want to kick us out of our homes. And they want only this land to be a pure Jewish state, which is actually threatening the Palestinian existence. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm saying here Palestinian, like Christians and Muslims. Uh, it's actually threatening our existence. So, uh, uh, like I personally, I've been to Auschwitz and in, and, and Birkenau. I've been to uh, to the concentration camps, and I saw how Israel is actually uh, leading educational tours to these camps with you know uh, school trips, taking students from Israel to Auschwitz and Birkenau and telling them never again. And you have to stand uh, for Israel. You have to protect your nation. And imagine these students, 16 years old, they go back to Israel. They start their military service. And then they look at me as a Palestinian. I am the threat to their existence. And they have to do all what they can to protect themselves. And... uh, you know, and, and as a Palestinian, I say never again for everyone. It's not only for never again for the Jew, never again for everyone, that we have to understand that everyone has the right to live here and to, we need to create this, you know, peaceful solution. Again, I always say equal right uh, for everyone. One of the the great but unfortunately often neglected teachings of Jesus was peacemaking. In his Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed are the peacemakers. What do you see your role is as a Palestinian Christian in relation to peacemaking, living in the situation in which you find yourself? Yeah, as I mentioned in the in the beginning, like you know, the role of the Christians here actually trying to to play, you know, to be a mediator. Uh, uh, promoting the philosophy of nonviolence and respecting and accepting the others, because part of the peacemaking is actually re- accept and respect uh, the other difference. When Jesus was here more than two two thousand years ago, he came for the Gentiles. He came for the enemies. You know, he was. He, he went to the Samaritan women, the Samaritan, which was, you know, there was a huge, they were the enemies, the Jews and the Samaritan. And he went and he uh, went to the Samaritan. So as a Christian here, we are trying to promote this philosophy that we have to, uh, you know, uh, to uh, bring people together and promote the philosophy of nonviolence and accept the differences. It doesn't matter if you are Christian, Muslim or Jew. We are not different, actually. We are all human. And Jesus was acting as a human team, you know, standing against the injustice. And I see, like, the role of the Christians here is very important, and the voice of the Christians are, is very important 
that we can share these stories to our international friends. You know, it's um, many of the international and the Christians around the world, they don't understand the conflict here and what is, uh, you know, what's happening here. But we as a Christian, we try to be the voice of justice by sharing the stories. Uh, Christians also in Bethlehem, uh, they take, you know, an important role in, for example, in the Palestinian government, like we have uh, very important positions where we are trying also to affect and to be, uh, you know, uh, make a positive change for the community. Uh, all the Christian organizations, all the churches in here are providing all the need and the necessary humanitarian aid for the community, not only these days, but, you know, always the churches and the international and the, the Christian organization, they are the one who provide humanitarian support to the community here, medical support, uh, any kind of support. They're always trying to be the positive change uh, in the community. Uh, if you look at the number of the Christians organization in Palestine, they're always trying to do project to develop and to support and to in, empower the local communities here. Uh, despite, you know, it doesn't matter what is your background or what is your religion. It's not only for the Christians. We work and we provide services for everyone. We try to be a model of what Jesus did, you know, when he was here. You know, he wasn't, you know, saying, you know, I'm, I'm here just only for my, for, for the Jew. And he was only speaking for the Jew. He was speaking for everyone and preaching for everyone. And this is the role of the Christians uh, of, of the Holy Land here today. Well, I want to be faithful to uh, the time commitment that we agreed to. Uh, as we draw our conversation to a close, can you've described a little bit about that, but can you tell us more about the Holy Land Trust, uh, how it came about and, and the work that you were doing? And uh, we'll put contact information in the program notes, but how folks can get involved and support it as well. Yeah, thank you. So Holy Land Trust is a Palestinian non, uh, nonprofit organization, was founded in 1998 during the peace agreement between Israel and Palestine in that time. And as an organization, we found out that there is something missing in the peace process. The peace process is not really bringing peace to the communities here. It was focusing more on, uh, you know, political solution, uh, economy relationship, uh, border control, security, and never fulfilled the needs of the local community. Uh, Holy Land Trust is trying to create a shared vision among Israeli and Palestinian who, how their Holy Land will look like in the future. That we are the trustees of this land. Doesn't matter your background, your ethnic uh, and religious background. This land is called the Holy Land for everyone. And we are trying to create a shared vision among Israeli and Palestinian by focusing a lot about the, the trauma that we live in. You know, we are trying to take part of healing the trauma and building trust between Israelis and Palestinians and, and also to stand against the injustice that is happening on the ground by promoting the nonviolence. We were one of the leading organizations promoting uh, and training local people in nonviolence action. 
uh, we work on Israeli and we have an Israeli and Palestinian core group of activists that they work together against the injustice that is happening here. Uh, we have succeeded to create this co this kind of joint activism. Uh, Israeli and Palestinian, they come together to work for a better future. And uh, also we part of our work is advocacy, where we are trying to encounter and uh, connect with the international uh, churches, mainly churches in the U.S. We are trying to bring them here in a tour uh, to visit the Holy Land, but not only visiting the holy sites, but to co to connect and encounter with the local communities, to get first-hand stories, to get to know more about the reality away from the media. So we organize for them like 10 days or two weeks tour where they can visit the holy sites, but also meeting Israeli and Palestinian during their tour to get first-hand stories and better understanding of the conflict here and how they can go back to their community and promote for peace and justice and not to take a position, you know, as uh, a stand uh, for one side and not the other. Uh, that's briefly what we do, but we have a lot of projects on the ground. As I said, we have a lot of nonviolence actions on the ground where we work with the local community, we work with Israeli and Palestinian, and we work uh, with the international community as well. Well, that's wonderful work that you're doing there. And I was uh, privileged to have you come on and to share. And again, if folks look in the program notes, they'll see uh, uh, some information and a link to, to your website so that folks can get in touch. And uh, my hope and prayer is that our conversation for my audience will give folks another perspective as they consider uh, this this tragedy that's going on as we continue to hope for for peace and justice for everyone in the holy land so elias thank you so much for coming on the program well thank you so much yeah, for giving me this chance thank you until the next episode this is the multi-faith matters podcast thanks for watching and listening <laughs>